It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And the Adam Ritz Show is live on campus today in Fresno, California. We're at Fresno State University, and we are broadcasting live in front of this studio audience. Okay, thank you so much for that warm welcome. We're blessed to be with the football team here, the Fresno State Bulldogs, and we welcome our guests to talk a little bit about community service and uh, some of the service project you guys have been up to. Uh, what's your name, sir? My name is Adro Edirene. Adro, thanks for joining us. What do you guys do here in Fresno? Uh, we play football. That's one thing we do. Yeah. Uh, student-athlete-wise, um, we do a lot of community service at the Children's Hospital uh, a couple blocks away. We also... Uh, uh, fund a lot of charity events and stuff like that for for kids uh, for at, at risk kids uh, and uh, the local parks and stuff like that. So we stay busy. So your last trip to the Children's Hospital, um, how many hours did you spend there? Uh, half a day, and and what are the reactions from the kids when you walk in? Uh, the reactions, I mean, it's always nice to see uh, see people's face light up when you go out there. So we spent probably say a good six to seven hours out there. Uh, and, you know, we just uh, we went out to the parks with the kids. They have a, a nice park at the hospital, played video games with them and stuff like that, and just, you know, kicked, uh, just kind of really hung out with them and tried to take their mind off, you know, whatever ailments or sickness or uh, treatments they're going through. And is it humbling to have a, a, little, a little kid, a little character like that, look up to you and, and not, really, not really care that you're a Division I football player, but just care that you're there to spend time with them? Yeah, it was actually funny. I mean, some of the kids, they definitely just were just like in awe that people took the time of the day to come see them, people we didn't know. But some of the kids, they know we play sports, so they, whenever we do anything, they're real competitive. So I remember, I remember uh, we were playing uh, 2K, and a little kid was really trying to trying to uh, put it on me. <laughs> but, uh, Did he get yeah. you? I mean, yeah, kind of. I don't really play video games. Coach Drew keeps us real busy, so we're not going to play video games. You know, six to nine hours, you know. Well, a- Adro, what is your uh, position? I play out. I'm... I play outside linebacker. Outside linebacker. Okay. And not only uh, for your athleticism, but we applaud you for your community service, too. It's great for our listeners nationally to hear about all these kind of projects going across the country. Helps us, uh, motivates us, inspires us to get up off of our couches and help out in our community as well. So thank you for joining us on the show. Let's give you guys one more round of applause here at Fresno State with the Bulldogs. Thanks for joining us on the Adam Rich Show. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. Welcome back to the broadcast. Tom Britt, great friend of the show and a great philanthropist, uh, community-minded man, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on what's happening in your world. Tom, how are you? Doing great. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Real quick for our listeners, your background, you're a publisher of a magazine. Um, uh, What kind of, give us a quick uh, rundown on the magazine. So, yes, yeah, so I started about 12 years ago doing a magazine was up here in Geist Reservoir. And um, since that time, we've actually blossomed now into eight magazines around the city. And they're all community magazines. So, at Geist.com was kind of the first one. And now we've got eight of them around the city. And in the process of doing the magazine and kind of just getting more involved in the community, we um, kind of had this idea probably about nine years ago, ten years ago, to put it on some kind of community event that would showcase our community but also give back to the schools. Um, I, you know, I saw these kids that are being less and less active and um, 
I saw the schools getting their funding cut, and I just saw that there's this huge gap between our kids getting out and being active like when we were kids and um, and what the PE classes and the, and the school curriculum dictates these days. So we started the Geist Half Marathon. Uh, this will be our ninth year this year of doing the Geist Half here at Geist Reservoir. Fantastic. So we love to cover health and fitness initiatives on this show with public affairs and the social issues connected with health issues, child obesity, all that. So you and your group, you see a need uh, in your area, the schools, the kids, activity, fitness, and that's one of the main components and reasons why you even started the Geist Half Marathon. Correct. We we just saw the need to have kids be more active. We want to do something it was in the community to showcase the Geist Reservoir. It's a really beautiful area northeast of Indianapolis, so it's a really nice residential area, but very affluent and um, a lot of philanthropy already happening. So we thought, well, let's put on an event that would showcase volunteerism, showcase our schools, and we put on this Geist Half Marathon. Our first year, we were hoping to get 1,500 runners to come out. That was our budget. Uh, and before the race even started, about a month before our race even happened, we already had 4,500 people signed up to run our race. So we knew we were on to something early on. Um, since that time, we've been raising money every year. All the proceeds go back into the school, so we are 501c3. Um, we donate all the money back to the school to fund um, running programs. Uh, there's a school called Lawrence Township Schools, which is the south half of the reservoir. And we, we've given over $150,000 to their up-and-running program so kids can stay after school and they can train for the Geist Half or the 5K in their case. Um, they get the shirt. They get the experience. They get a medal. Uh, it's kind of their first sport that they can do with their parents. You know, Instead of sitting on the sidelines watching a soccer game, the parents can actually run or walk with their kids. And then on the north side of the lake, we have Hamilton Southeastern, a very big um, school system. Um, they've They've sent probably... I think this year they're going to have probably about eight or 900 kids come from that school that will actually come and run our Geist Half and, or 5K or 10K. And um, so it's, it's just been kind of a, a really unique partnership between the schools, between the volunteers in the community, the sponsors that step up and, and pay us sponsorship dollars. And as a result of all of that, uh, we've raised and given back over $360,000 to the local schools for these programs. So it's, it's, it's been a home run. That is unbelievable. Um, and you mentioned earlier all the proceeds, all the proceeds from this half marathon go to the school system, education, and health and fitness. Fantastic. Tom Britt's our guest. He's the organizer of the Geist Half Marathon. It's always the third weekend in May, so anywhere you're living in America listening to this broadcast, if you love half marathons, this, uh, I'd heard, is the third most beautiful scenic half marathon in America. Yeah, we were just uh, this just came out like a you know about a month ago. Halfmarathons.net published an article, and they uh, ranked the top ten scenic most scenic lakeside half marathons in the country, and we were ranked number three on the list. So we were all pretty excited to get that. We know it's a beautiful course. Um, it's also challenging. It's not flat. Uh, if anybody's ever ran around a a lake or a reservoir, they know that it is hilly. Um, so that's an, you know, kind of a challenge for runners, but, uh, what the feedback we hear from runners and why people keep coming back year after year running our race, the same people, um, is not just the philanthropic side of it, helping the schools, but they also love the scenery. They love to be able to run across the bridge, four different, or actually five different bridges, um, around the lake. So it's, it's just a scenic run. It's fun. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, um, people running on their own 
but it's a lot more fun to run in a group and, and be timed and, and just the excitement of running in a group just makes it a lot more fun. Do you run it yourself? I do not. <laughs> actually, that's a, the question everybody asks me is, are you a runner? And actually, I'm not a runner. Um, I'm a community organizer, I guess. I've got one guy in the White House and it got me in charge of a guy's staff. But but no, I um, just I did this for the for just helping my community out um, to help the school out. My expertise is really raising sponsorship dollars, and I'm very proud um, this year that we've we've actually raised um, just north of about fifty eight thousand dollars in cash sponsorships this year. Which, for a race our size, we only have about six thousand runners total. Um, that's that's a lot of dough in sponsorships, which tells you that the community, the the business owners, um, they are very supportive of this race, and they know that that money is going right back into the schools. They love seeing kids and and their parents out doing a run together on a Saturday morning, and and again, you got to remember a lot of these kids. You know, the average age of our runners. Um, and the kids program is about 12 years old. So for many of those kids, it's their first event they've ever done where they got a medal and they get a shirt and they get that whole running experience. And we're teaching them this lifetime skill that you can run anywhere. All you need is a pair of shoes and a, and a road. You can go running anywhere you want. You don't need equipment. You don't have to rent hockey equipment or gym time to do this. You can run any time of your life. So we're, we're hoping that they learn that early on and uh, make this a lifetime choice. The first year, you were hoping for 1,500 runners. You had about 4,500, you said, and you're in nine, ten, you're getting a decade behind you. Are you seeing uh, participants coming from Africa, Europe, Asia? I mean, once you get a popular half marathon, you ha- you'll have participants from all over planet Earth coming. Are you seeing that? Um, we, we've had some Kenyans contact us about paying their way to come here and run our race because, you know, we also have the, the mini marathon here in Indy, which is two weeks before our race, and it's a... It's a really big race, um, but uh, we don't really fund that. We have people come from all over the country. We've had people, I think last year we had, I think, 28 or 29 states represented that come in. And most of those people, if you talk to them and find out, um, there's this group called the, um, I think they're called the Half Marathon, or the 50, 50 Half Marathon Club. But basically, they try to run a half marathon in 50 states. And they try. They do it over the course of two or three years. So it's a travel excursion for them. So we have a lot that of. That sounds ones. awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, let's travel and then let's go out and run 13 miles and wind ourselves yeah, and then go back. I, home. I would pay the registration free and get the T-shirt, <laughs> but I don't know if I'd go run 50 of those. No, yeah, we have people that do that. Um, a lot of people come. We we pull really well from Chicago area because we are in the Midwest and people can drive here easily. Uh, Cincinnati has a big running community. So any of the kind of the, the states around Indiana, we pull really well from. Um, but locally, it's a huge draw. I mean, I you know, hands down, it's 87% of the people that run our race live within five miles of our start-finish line. Um, most of those are kids. Uh, we have about, this year we'll have 2,200 kids come and run our race, all under 18 from the school program. And the rest are all adults or mentors or just runners that like the scenic race. Tom Brett is our guest. He's the organizer of the Geist Half Marathon, third Saturday in May. Every year, count on it, third Saturday in May. And if uh, our listeners want to sign up for uh, the race itself, or if you're living out of state and you just want to donate some money to the cause to help the kids and the fitness and the education part of it, um, what's the website that they can go donate and or register? So if they just go to geisthalf.com, that's G-E-I-S-T-H-A-L-F.com, um, they can go through and register, and to your point, they can just go donate if they want to. We actually sponsor 
um, kids that can't afford to run a race. So if there's a kid in the school um, and the teacher deems that they don't have to pay, we don't ask for proof of anything. Uh, if the teacher says, hey, they're having a tough time at home or they're on free and reduced lunch for some reason, um, they can run our race. They get the full experience at no cost to the child. So last year, I think we had about four or 500 kids that ran our race that never paid. Uh, they're awesome. IPS uh, schools, you know, local schools that are in poverty. So if you'd like to fund one of those kids, we use those donations to offset those costs. And whatever the gap is, we make it up through our donations. But um, you know, the nice thing about it is we, we don't want any kid to be denied the gift of running and fitness for any reason. That's our mission. So um, if you'd like to donate to that, we'd love it. Or if you just want to come run and participate, we'd love that too. And Tom, what is your uh, the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Is it Twitter, Facebook? What would that digital property be? Yeah, so I got a lot of pages out there. So, they, <laughs> <laughs> so if you go, my Twitter handle is TomBritt.com, D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, also, if you go to Facebook and just look for the Tom Britt page, I have a personality page out there because I do – actually, I MC um, our race, so I do a lot of MCing events. So you'll see my stuff on there. And if you're listening to this and you maybe you have a community that would like to do a run – to support your schools and you'd like to just know what our secret sauce is and how we raised fifty some thousand dollars i'm more than happy to sit on a call with you and, and help steer you in the right direction i'm not writing any books i'm not trying to get any speaking fees out of this i'm actually trying to wean myself off of the board um, but um, i'm more than happy to help anybody that wants to ha- try to help their local community to do some type of a run like this All right, Tom, thank you for the time. Best of luck. Third Saturday in May, it's the Geist Half Marathon. Tom Britt, we'll have you back on the show if you want to. I'd love to. Thanks, Adam. Get socially technical with the Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. The Adam Ritz Show is on the road in Columbus. We're at Columbus North High School with Tom Watts. Can't wait to talk to you, Tom, and I'm so glad you made time to come on the show. How are you? I'm great. How about you? We're going to cover two issues with this uh, interview. We do a lot with health and fitness and um, child obesity awareness. It's a big social problem in America. We also do a lot with with Special Olympics. And you've got a story in your family that covers both of these issues. And I know by now our listeners are like, wait a minute. how? Okay, Special Olympics um, and health and fitness, those do go together. But how has uh, Special Olympics affected your personal health and fitness regimen. This is a great story. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. Yeah, once uh, my son got involved in Unified Track, he he needed somebody to work out with. Uh, I initially started running with him, but uh, I'm I'm probably at the time 60, 70 pounds overweight. Uh, Since he started, I've lost 30 pounds. Uh, I can't keep up with him anymore. He's too fast, so I ride a bike when he's he's running, but I still get that fitness in. And then we hit the gym. We do... uh, strength training and then uh, his older brother has uh, gotten involved and has actually lost somewhere like 55 60 pounds by uh, running with Randall and uh, he's almost keeping up with him now he's he's in great shape that's amazing and uh, we'll talk about the health and fitness and the, and the weight you've lost first of all congratulations you've lost 32 pounds and you, you were telling me before the interview you want to lose a few more yeah I'd like to lose um, about another that, no, go ahead. That's just awesome. I'd like to lose about another 30 pounds. I, I went to the doctor for my annual and, and, and thought I need to lose another 50. And he said that another, if I'd lose another 30 pounds, I'd be about right. So he's, he's my favorite doctor now. <laughs> you just saved 20 pounds in that, that, in that transaction. That's right. But I feel so much better just from the weight I've lost. But uh, watching my son go from just 
just being, you know, maybe an average kid physically to to being uh, so fit. He's all muscle and bone now from from all the running and from the strength uh, workouts too. And then same thing for my older son. He's he's the most fit he's ever been, and it's a direct result of trying to keep up with the younger son. Well, let's back up a little bit for our listeners. Uh, we've done some reports on Unified Track with Special Olympics. Uh, let's talk about your son, um, autism. Um, he came to high school his freshman year, wasn't really involved with school. Then he heard about this thing called Unified Track, which is for our listeners. Uh, well, I won't bore him to death. Let's hear it from a father of a Unified Track athlete. What is a Unified Track team? Well, that's... Uh Mixing up uh, students with uh, special needs with actual uh, with, with typical students who aren't necessarily involved with uh, regular track, and uh, they go out and compete together. Uh, the uh, most of the students are, are, that aren't special needs are just there as buddies and support, but they actually compete too. They actually run the races, uh, do the shot put and the long jump, so they're out there interacting with the kids. Uh, side by side and in uh it's just it's great for all the kids it's pretty fantastic and i think there's about i don't know if this is exactly right but i think about 10 states are doing unified track now they're their high school athletic association and when i say they're doing unified track i mean it's a state sanctioned sporting event where these kids go to sectionals they go to a state championship they win medals and trophies for their school and it's um special needs kids with non-special needs kids partner athletes they're calling them that compete together to win this state championship for their school so if you're uh, listening to this broadcast and you're a parent of a of a kid with special needs um search this out you know maybe talk to your state athletic association and see how you can get a unified track involved in your state so randall your son uh you said he's all muscle and bone now so before he joined the unified track team he was maybe a little pudgy he was he'd starting to get he'd started getting a little bit of a belly on him my wife and i disagreed about that she's very physically fit and i didn't think he was chubby but that's probably because he was a lot closer to her uh, build than mine so but he's <laughs> he's really slimmed down since he started running you know really good muscle tone and and uh, he just feels good all the time and and, and, and emotionally, he's, he's better. Uh, he, the act, all that activity, I think, helps him with his focus. That's tricky sometimes for kids suffering with autism and some of the other uh, issues that some of the kids have. It, it's, they come out here and they, they work hard, they sweat, but they have a great time doing it. Yeah. And uh, the camaraderie they build up among themselves and with the, uh, with the other students is, is just amazing, something that probably wouldn't happen without this vehicle. Tom Watts is our guest. He's a parent of Randall Watts, who's an athlete on a unified track team. It's a Special Olympics initiative um, with about 10 states in America, uh, his son on the Columbus North team. And we've done reports on unified track, and the thing that we really have focused on is the inclusion revolution, is what they call it. So there's really a way to get some kids involved in school with special needs that maybe sit by themselves at lunch, or maybe um, some of the other kids even haven't even had a chance to meet them. It's not that they're uh, overtly making fun of them. They're not. Maybe they're just they just haven't had a chance to hang out with them. And now this with, through this inclusion revolution, there's uh, really a team atmosphere within the halls of a high school where um, a young man like your son can walk around and now get high fives and he's in selfies and he's in Instagram and people love him. Um, and we've heard about that inclusion revolution. But the thing I've, I've heard now from speaking to you is, is the health aspect of it. Not only that it's made him healthier, 
uh, but it's helped the health of your family and also the, uh, I guess, I don't know if I'd say academics, his grades, but you're saying he can think more clearly. He's more focused since he's been involved with this track team. Right. Uh, I'll tell you something else that's really fun that has happened several times while we're out running. He's running. I'm riding the bike. We'll get kids uh, drive by in a vehicle, other high school kids, and where they might not have noticed Randall before or maybe even said some disparage, something disparaging, they'll, they'll honk their horn and, hey, hey, Randall, good job, Randall. They'll yell out, and, and Randall, of course, likes that. And, and, and it feels good to have the typical kids noticing Randall and thinking he's cool. So it's, it's amazing. That is cool. And, I, and his brother's lost 50 pounds. How old's his brother? His brother's 31. Oh, wow. I, okay. I, I just assumed he was like, you know, a senior or maybe a freshman in college. No, and he never was uh, never was a runner. Uh, he, he hated it, but he's actually gotten to the point now that he enjoys it. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, he and Randall ran a 5K, uh, participated in a 5K last weekend, and, and my older son, Lee, came in first in his age group, and Randall came in second in his age group, and he's won a couple of 5Ks. Randall has won a couple of 5Ks himself, so... Well, that's fantastic. Uh, we'd love to hear about these success stories with your health and um, where you're going with the weight loss. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And with your son, Randall, we look forward to hearing about his success in the future. If you don't mind, I'd love to have you on the show in about six months. What year is Randall? He's a, a sophomore. A sophomore. Okay, well, maybe we'll have you on once a year to talk about his junior year, then his senior year, and, and where Randall ends up with uh, Special Olympics after he graduates from Columbus North. Well, that's great. It's exciting what's going on with him, and it's, it's so much fun to watch all the kids, the typical kids that get involved, too. Some of those are kids that probably wouldn't be involved in athletics otherwise, and then they find that, that some of these special needs kids, they have to work hard to keep up with them, and that's fun to watch. Get to know Adam at adamritz.com. Get to know the radio show at adamritzshow.com. The show rolls on from Manhattan, Kansas, on the campus of Kansas State University. We are with Corey Pinkett. Hi, Corey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Honored to have you on the show. Corey, uh, you work with the athletic department at K-State, and uh, your official title is? Director of Life Skills. Life skills, that's mm-hmm. a big one uh, that we cover on this show. Uh, for your student-athletes, I, I can guess and probably know that they're fast, they're strong, they're quick, and they're athletic. Mm-hmm. You deal with them outside of that world to make sure they have life skills to, to compete in the real world with honor, character, integrity, and stuff like that, right? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of my work is on the professional development side, so their careers, the soft skills that they need to be able to transition into a professional atmosphere. But then we also do personal development. So that character, that integrity, that leadership training to make sure that they're getting everything they need to succeed, not only academically, but also athletically and then in their professional world. So it's, it's really neat and fun work. <laughs> so professional development. Yeah. Um, I could have used you 25 years ago, by the way. Sorry, uh, <laughs> you're, you're preparing uh, young college student athletes, the Wildcats at K-State, mm-hmm. to be the next wave of, of uh, members of corporate America. I mean, uh, which is, you know, I can understand it's hard to get uh, in front of a, a, a male or female student athlete that just wants to play sports and kick butt at it. Oh, yeah. You have to get their attention to say, okay, and here's how you can use that tenacity to also have a great job in corporate America. Do they like hearing that kind of stuff from you? It's all about packaging, and that's something I learned very quickly because you don't want to be the type of person that kills dreams, but you also want to be realistic with them about 
what happens next. So a lot of my approach is whenever you're done playing your sport. So it's not after you graduate college, you're immediately going into a career. That's not really how I approach it because some of my players will hear that. And in their minds, it's me telling them they can't play professionally. So I like to approach it from whenever you're done, whenever that is, whether that's after college, whether you play for a few years professionally, whether you have a career playing professionally and you're there for 10 years and now you're 30, but what are you going to do? Um, I like to tell them that these skills that we're learning, these skills that you're getting trained in are things you'll be able to use for the rest of your life. So let's practice on some of those things. You wouldn't go on the football field or in, excuse me, on a court or at a tennis court and play without having practiced, without having trained, without having strengthened some of those skills that you'll need to be successful. So I don't expect you to go into an interview or walk into the first day on a job without having trained and practiced some of those skills that you'll need to be able to successfully work in that atmosphere. So I like to give them a realistic way to look at that career development and that professional development so that it's a lot easier for them to kind of wrap their head around it. But it's still difficult because you don't want to give up something you've been doing for your entire life. Um, So it's hard to kind of see that end of the tunnel picture while you're still actively engaged and wanting to be champions and wanting to be Mm -hmm. conference champions and wanting to succeed um, so it's all about that balance. <laughs> yeah, that was a great game Saturday, but you need to get a job next year. Um, do you have a success story for? I'll put you on the spot. Do you have a success story of a, of a male or female student athlete, uh, even if you don't want to use their name, that uh, came to your office early on, maybe sophomore year, and you were like, I don't know how this person's going to do in a job interview, and then all of a sudden, senior year, they nail it, and now they're 26, and they're in the job force, and they've got an awesome job. Who is that person? I actually do, and I will actually use their name because I was super proud of this person. So before I got to K-State, I worked at the University of Central Florida and was assistant director of student services there. And one of my students named Curlin Williams, who's on the football team, and he came in as a junior and got involved in our career development programming and was one of those that didn't really know what he wants to do like most because he had never had experience in anything. So he tried to pursue the professional route and that didn't work out. So then he's back into my office like, okay, Corey, what do I do next? What do I need to do? And we worked. We looked at jobs. We applied. We put, we put him out there really and forced him to make some connections and go talk to some people. And he bounced around a few different places and got into some sales positions. And he had always wanted to work in sport but didn't really know how. And then I got on LinkedIn a couple days ago and saw that he's working with the Orlando Magic as a ticket sales rep. And I sent him an email just congratulating him on the new role and him being finally being where he wants to be after three years. And and he was like, well, it's all because of you and you forced me to do all that stuff I really didn't think I wanted to do, but it worked out in my favor. So it's, it's moments like that that really make me value the work that I do because sometimes it's difficult when yeah. people don't want to do it or you're looking at folks and they're like, why do we have to be here? Or is it mandatory? Do we have to go? And I'm like, I promise it's going to help you. I promise. And then you get those success stories and you know. That's yeah. why you do it. It sounds to me like you've got some courtside seats coming to an Orlando <laughs> Magic game so. coming up. Corey awesome. Pinkett is our guest, uh, life skills coordinator at K-State, Kansas State University. You also deal with um, uh, addiction, not necessarily addiction, I guess, but just uh, alcohol and drug use and misuse uh, with education, I guess, and programming with your student-athletes. Yes, we 
again, we try to be proactive with the programming that we bring in and really want to make sure we're educating our students on some of these things that they'll deal with as college students. So whether Yeah, no, I'm not I didn't bring that up because oh, there's no, a problem be, here. No, it's no, just no. you said it. But, you're being proactive. Yes, I mean, we're all adults. These are college students. They might they might be in a, a situation mm -hmm. where there's a party. That's uh, they need to know this stuff. Fancy that. Oh, absolutely. And we we have training in place, so every freshman or transfer student that comes into K-State, they get sexual harassment training. We have workshops every spring for football where we'll talk about drugs and alcohol. We'll bring in speakers like yourself to talk to them, and we'll touch on financial planning. We'll touch on some of that other stuff that they need, stuff that they might not have been taught or they weren't taught at home, and they come here, and they're in a new environment, and they have these targets on their back because they're athletes at a D1 institution and we're on ESPN and they're in the limelight and everybody wants to be friends with them and everybody wants to give them drinks and everybody wants to do all these different things but decisions are important and there's consequences to those decisions so if we can be proactive and we can educate and let them know hey yeah I know everybody in your neighborhood back home smoked weed but if you smoke weed here you get kicked off the team yeah. I mean being real realistic about some of that different stuff so that one, their names are not in headlines because that's not what we want. But so they know and they don't have to deal with some of those negative consequences that are a result of a quick decision or a quick lapse in judgment. So we, we do. We try to be proactive. There's always room to get better. Mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. There are things that we can continue to be doing better. Corey, uh, <laughs> we thank you for coming on the show. It's Corey Pinkett, Life Skills at K-State. Wish you the best of luck and can't wait to watch how your career grows. Before I let you go, what would you're fairly young. What would you like to do in 10 or 20 years? You want to be an athletic director? You know what? I thought about it, but I really value my relationships with my students. So I feel like as an athletic director, though I could make decisions that would benefit them, I wouldn't get that day-to-day -day interaction. And I really like to see the development of our students and that growth. So I'd say in about 10 years, I'd like to have my own organization probably that helps prepare high school students for their transition into college and teaches them some of those life skills that we're now teaching college students because they didn't have them. Yep. All right, we'll bring you back on the show and talk about that when you start that. Again, Sounds thanks good. so much. Best of luck. Thank you. Pleasure having you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.